Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Anybody know what happens at Faith School yet? <laughs> In Faith School, my spirit gets fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith must be fed, your spirit must be fed, just like your body. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what natural food does for your body in nourishing you and giving you what you need and the needed strength. You know, if you, if you go for a period of time and especially days and don't eat anything, you start getting weak. And the same thing is true spiritually. If you don't eat good spirit food. Uh, Timothy talks about being nourished up in the words of faith. And not just anything will feed your spirit, even some things that are called teaching and preaching. If they're not the anointed word, they won't build you up. Uh, there's a lot of things that people teach and preach and talk about, but it's men's ideas, or it's religion, or it's tradition. Or it's, you know, uh, current events or politics. And that does not feed and nourish your spirit. But what the Lord said, His words, and His words that are anointed by His uh, men and women, His gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, His words coming through these vessels, they'll feed you. And you want to be a part of a good church where uh, a real Real pastors are anointed, and you want to be a part of good meetings where there are called and anointed ministers, and you want to feed on your, uh, the Bible for yourself and count on the Holy Spirit to quicken these words to you. And if you'll do that, you'll get strong, you'll get stronger, you'll stay strong. But many have not understood if you just quit going to church, you just don't listen to any good things like that. You feed on a bunch of junk, uh, talking about uh, secular, ungodly music and programs and movies and magazines and books, and you don't feed on the Word, you will get weaker and weaker and weaker inside, spiritually. And you won't realize it, because it happens gradually, until something comes up and some kind of challenge and, and there's some kind of need that you need to trust God or believe God for. There's some kind of attack that you need to resist and overcome. And then when you go to do it, you'll find out, oh, you are pitifully, woefully weak. And so you don't want to do that. You don't want to just not go to church. You don't want to just uh, never read your Bible or never feed on anything good. Wise people feed on good things on a regular basis and get strong and stay strong. And so 
there will be things come up in life, whether it's for yourself or somebody else that's around you that you, you need to believe God for. And when that happens, you'll be so glad you weren't just being lazy and carnal and laying out of church and that kind of thing. So if you've gotten behind and gotten weak, don't despair. That's what we're here for, right? Saved you a seat in the front. Come on in. Give this your full attention. Let's get built up today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the moving and working of your Holy Spirit, quickening our spirits and giving us exactly what we need, enlightening our eyes and heart and giving us the answers that are most needed today. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please go in our great textbook, the Bible, to the two openings that we looked at last time, uh, John 18 and Luke 22. We've been uh, on this series we're calling Faith for Healing. And in this series, we're taking one by one these 20 individual accounts of healing recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we have gone through every one of them, uh, 1 through 19, and now we're down to number 20, which is the healing of uh, Malchus' ear. <laughs> so uh, in John 18 and 10, when they came to take Jesus in the nighttime, Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus to Peter, Put up your sword into the sheath. The cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first. He was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. We know after that that Simon and Peter and the other disciples, they fled. They didn't understand why the Lord was allowing this to happen. And even later on, Peter, standing by the, the fire, denied that he knew Jesus, contrary to what he affirmed that he would do, because of not understanding. But thank God, like Jesus said, he had prayed for him, that his faith wouldn't fail, and he was restored. In uh, Luke, the uh, 22nd chapter, Luke chapter 22, we're given uh, more detail. We're told what happened in Matthew and Mark and John, but we weren't told uh, the, the whole story, how that not only did Peter swing the sword and hit the guy and cut off his ear, but that Jesus ministered to him and healed the man right there on the spot. This is amazing. In, in Luke 22... Verse uh, 49, when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said to him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them, we know it was Peter, smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now, Peter's not a soldier. He's not trained in the military tactics. And uh, he probably wasn't just trying to cut his ear off. <laughs> he might have been trying to cut his head off. I, I don't know. But um, 
anyway, that's how it worked out, that he did connect with him, and it did cut off his ear. And like we said uh, on uh, previous classes, that the Amplified brings this out, little ear. And if you look it up in vines and different dictionaries, uh, it, that word is there. And one dictionary even says earlet. So there's an emphasis about it being small, small ear or earlet. So it said he cut the ear off and perhaps the whole ear was severed from his head or uh, even a small part like the ear lobe earlet, and why, every word's important, why this emphasis? Well, we asked on, I believe it was yesterday's class, about uh, who will God heal? And then what will God heal? Well, we read in Romans, the fifth chapter, that uh, the Lord loved us and paid the price for us while we were ungodly and sinners and, and while we were his enemies, he loved us, paid for us, saved us while we were still his enemies. Who will God heal? He'll heal his enemies. He'll heal somebody coming, trying to uh, take him to the cross. Somebody that's against him, somebody that wants to hurt him, he will heal. So why then would a child of God struggle with thinking, well, would God heal me or not? If he'll heal an enemy, certainly he'd minister healing that he's already bought and paid for to his child. Somebody say, it is God's will, is God's that, will. I be that I be healed. I'm a child of God. Healing belongs to me. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said that even under the old covenant. Healing belonged to them. And he said concerning the woman that had the spirit of infirmity, you remember? He said, ought not this woman whom Satan has bound these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And he reached out and touched her and said, be loosed. And, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Well, what, did you hear that language? She ought to be healed, he said. Why? She's a daughter of Abraham. Well, do we have a covenant? Yes. Are we also the seed of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ? Amen. Galatians says, well, then you ought to be healed too. I said you ought to be healed. I ought to be healed. Amen. Why? Because he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. And by his stripes, we are healed. Come on, say it out loud, class. He, he took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. And by his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. Now, that, that's, that's not based on how you feel or how you look or some kind of test result. I mean, the same thing is true. It said he, he became sin with our sin. And he, he, as he hung on the tree, he bore our sins on the tree. Well, did he pay the price for all of your sins? Well, if you make a mistake and yield to a wrong thing and you feel condemned, does that mean it's not his will for you to be forgiven? No. Does it mean that he's hold, withholding 
uh, forgiveness from you. No, he's already bought it. He's already paid for it, right? And it is his will. Whether you receive it or not, it's still his will. And the same thing is true with the chastisement of our peace, with our uh, healing, with our righteousness, with the Holy Spirit, with our peace, with our joy. The list goes on. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It is His will. Amen. It's up to us to believe it and receive it. Amen. So who will God heal? Like I said earlier, about anybody that will stand still long enough to receive it, right? Just about, you know, anybody that won't fight him, anybody that won't reject it. And here this man, you know, uh, he's healed for he, he hardly knows what's going on, right? I'm sure he's holding his head going, oh, oh, oh. And Jesus said, just a minute, just a minute. Let, let me do this. And he reaches over and he takes hold of his ear uh, and his head. And just like that, the man goes, oh, oh. And he can feel that ear's attached just like it used to be. Oh, praise God. And how they didn't just have revival right there, I don't know. <laughs> Is that right? I mean, why, why didn't they just break out praising God and have a meeting right there? But, you know, they, they came there to do something. And, and uh, thank God the Lord's allowing it because this is how you and I got redeemed. Amen. But uh, it says, Jesus said, verse 51, Suffer ye thus far, the King James says, and best I can see that that could translate in our language, that's enough. That's enough. Uh, put up your sword, we saw the other passages say. And he touched his ear and healed him. Now I want to talk some about what actually healed uh, the man's ear. We know in reading these other accounts that... Uh, People wanted to touch Jesus, and he touched them. And the scripture would say, you know, that uh, people like the woman with the issue of blood press through the crowd and touch his garment. And the scripture would say, he said, I, I know virtue or power went out of me. And uh, uh, people would want to, they'd throng him and want to touch him. Why? Why? Because he would say, he would take scriptures like uh, Isaiah, we have reason to believe he did this repeatedly, and say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. And they would hear that he's anointed, they would believe that, and they'd want to touch him or get him to touch them. And the touch would transmit God's healing power from him to them. And they'd receive it. Now, you'll hear sometimes people say foolish things like, I don't believe in that healing stuff. And I say foolish because uh, there's no intelligent person who doesn't believe in healing. What do you mean? God created the human body. And he put uh, a, a certain amount of healing working in the body just to sustain us, just to repair us when we have any kind of issues. And, you know, 
If you run across somebody and they say, well, I don't, I don't believe in all that healing stuff. Well, you just ask them, say, did you ever scrape your elbow? Did you ever skin your knee? Huh? Did you ever cut your finger? And they're going to say yes. And you say, well, how is it now? Is it still scraped? No, it healed up. It did what? <laughs> it did what? Thought you don't believe in healing. Oh, well, I, that's different. No, it's not different. It's from the same creator. It's from the same source. And God has put that in the body. It's amazing how that you get a cut or a scrape and how that uh, the immune system activates and how the blood cells rush over to it and, and they start to work to, to, to dam up the leak and to uh, cause it to regenerate. Uh, we, I mean, we're used to it because it's around us. It's happened in our body. It's happening right now today. But it is miraculous. I said it's miraculous how this works. And uh, that healing power that God put in the body, there's a lot more where that came from. See, if that man, his ear got cut off, if they had rushed him to the ER and uh, somebody had expertly sewn the ear back on and they had cleaned it up real good and put the right kind of medicines and ointments on it and that kind of thing and, and he had taken care of it, if everything was right, it could have uh, healed up over a period of time. Uh, you know, days, weeks, months for it to really be completely knit back together. Uh, but that's not what happened here. On that night, I mean, Jesus reached over and put his hand on that man's ear and head, and the healing power of God was cranked up. I don't know what, thousandfold? <laughs> what normally is working in the body? And there was so much healing power working in there at once until it just healed up all at once. I mean, by the time he took his hand off of the man's head, it's done. It's not in the process of healing. Healing's not begun. Healing's done. <laughs> right? I mean, he's like, you know, he put his hand on his head and kind of ding. It's, it's done. It's done. The Lord is doing things like that today. He's still doing things like that today. I thought about uh, my younger brother, who's three years younger than I, Back when he was 12 years old, he was on a little motorcycle and he got out on a dirt road that he really shouldn't have been doing and, and he, was, uh, he came around a curve and hit a truck head on. And um, they thought he would die right there and they rushed him to the hospital. They thought he would die in the ER, but he kept living and they, they uh, life flighted him to another place and they didn't think he would survive that, but he kept living. And we actually had, it's one of the, uh, the places where we were really introduced to divine healing. A friend of my aunt's came and visited us in the hospital and told us that God would heal him. And that was not something we were thinking. Now we grew up around church, but 
we weren't that strong on, on healing. And she was so adamant that if we would pray and believe God, that he could be healed instead of die. Well, an amazing thing happened. I mean, his, they had to wire his jaws together, and I mean, his, his face was broken and all kind of stuff. But the next day, he's sitting up in the bed talking. Just miraculous, miraculous. Well, he lived and completely recovered, and years later, uh, he went to a chiropractor for something, and uh, we were friends with the chiropractor and knew him personally, and he called me in, and my wife uh, worked in those kind of offices, and so uh, he said, look at this. He had taken x-rays of my brother's neck, and he's showing me, and he's showing me something. He said, you see that right there? I said, yeah. It looked like, uh, like a, a bead of a weld by a really good welder. It was just completely smooth. And uh, I, said, I said, yeah, what am I looking at? He said, your brother's neck was broken, clean through. He said, when did that happen? I said, well, I can guess when it happened, you know, those years ago in that wreck when his head hit that bumper of that truck. But we never heard, nobody told us his neck was broken. He said, well, it's because it's healed. And I said, what do you mean? He said, that's not a normal healing. I said, what do you mean? He said, normal, when bones heal up normally, there are calcium deposits and there's, there's a rough thing around. The, he said, this is a smooth bead like it was done at once. Glory to God. And I realized that probably if that hadn't happened when they moved him and his neck was completely broke, he'd have probably died right there, been paralyzed or whatever. It needed to happen right then for him to survive. Isn't that something? And us praying and asking the Lord for mercy and help. But how many believe God can do things in a moment that otherwise might take months or years to eventually recoup or recover. And it's something we need to incorporate into our thinking and our prayers and believing. Back uh, years ago, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, he tells of an experience he had with the Lord, a vision of the Lord talking to him about healing. And he said the Lord told him in this visitation. He said uh, when, I'm quoting now what he said the Lord told him, he said anytime any of my people have any kind of a procedure, now he's talking about an operation, procedure, he said ask me to speed up the healing working in their body. Brother Hagin said the head of the church, Jesus, told him when any of us have any kind of procedure, ask him to speed up the healing process or to increase the healing process. And so we began to do that decades ago when I heard that. And oh, we have seen some outstanding results. Now you hear people say, well, you know, God could do it without a procedure. God could do it without a, uh, uh, you know, an operation or anything like that. Uh, we don't receive according to what God can do. We receive according to our faith, 
according to where we are in believing. And so don't just discount these things. There are, there are a lot of times people need to have an operation because that's where their faith is. But it doesn't mean you believe God or have the procedure. It's not an either or. If you're going to let them roll you into a cold operating room while you're passed out, you should be believing God. I said you should be believing God, right? You, you want God involved in that. And so this is how we've learned how to pray. And we, I have seen this, and Phyllis, my wife, we've seen it at the church. We've seen it with friends and people and anybody that would hook with us on it. Amazing, outstanding results. We pray like this. First of all, you want to get it settled that you should have the procedure. Are y'all with me, class? You don't just do something because somebody else did it, or even if an expert suggests that you do it or tells you that you have to do it, that doesn't mean you just automatically do it. You want to check your heart. You want to pray about it. Anything that's not done in faith, Romans says, is sin. You want to have confidence. And so you want to pray about, uh, where's my confidence at? Do I have more confidence doing it or not doing it? Do I, do I, am I confident that I'll be fine, that I don't need it, or am I just afraid of having the procedure and pretending that I have faith? See, that's a problem. Or if I, if I think about, yeah, I believe they could do that and God would help me and I could come out and I could be done with it and I could be in better shape. See, think about where my confidence is. And when I think about doing it, if I have, I mean, nobody wants to have a procedure necessarily or an operation, but can you see yourself coming out on the other side, done with it, free, in good shape? Or if I don't have it, do I have fear? And and I'm not able to get rid of that fear, not having it. And so when people get settled that, yes, I believe it'd be good for me to have it. We pray like this. Father God, we ask your hand on the doctors, the surgeons, on the, their assistants, on every piece of equipment. Help them to get good rest. Quicken them. Guide their minds and their fingers and their equipment. Keep them back from making any mistakes or doing anything they don't need to do. Help them to do of the best work they have ever done. Get involved, Lord, we ask for your involvement. Get involved with them. Manifest yourself there in the operating room. And then, Lord, we ask you to speed up the healing process. We ask you to increase healing power working in that man or woman's body that we're praying for, that's being operated on. Speed up. Increase the healing power in them so that they heal up quickly, correctly, And completely. Can you say amen? Amen. And we release faith in that. And my, the results. I've seen the surgeons come out and they're just beaming. You can tell. They are so pleased with the work that they just did. And God helped them. And I've seen people, we've heard it over and over again, that they say, man, you're, you know, you're three weeks ahead of where you should be. You're you're a month, you're two months ahead of where you should be. Well, what's going on? God has cranked up the healing power. Can you see that? Just like he sped up that healing on that man's head. If he'd do it for his enemy, if he'd do it for a little ear, he'll should sure do it for his child. Is that right? And for something that's maybe even critical to you living or dying, certainly it's the will of God. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to pray it over you right now. Father, I ask you to speed up and increase the healing power working in the bodies of those that are listening and watching right now and something needs to be healed in them. I say, Lord, I ask you, increase it. Increase it. Speed it up. Heal up quickly, correctly, and completely in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's our time. We'll see you back again tomorrow here at Faith School.